themselves and 360 the world. Jamie Neal, the host, asked many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. Hello and welcome back to 360 Yourself. I hope you're having a beautiful, beautiful day. Um, unfortunately, um, my day is not going so well. Uh, I'm back in Devon. And there's been a massive thunderstorm and it's wiped out my entire village uh, with electricity. So this morning has been a bit of a nightmare uh, to find uh, Wi-Fi and stuff. I had to go to my local cafe to get Wi-Fi. And then some person came around our house and they um, they sorted all the electricity out. So I'm now back in my house. I've got my cup of tea in my hand and uh, I'm really excited to talk to uh, my next guest. Um, he is absolutely brilliant. I've been a massive fan of him for a long, long time. And I think a lot of the guests, I've been a, a great admirer of those uh, for a long time. And so it's always lovely to actually speak to them from a personal point of view, because a lot of time you see people and you see them for their work and you go, I love their work. But also you never get to know unless you work with them or unless you meet them face to face, you never actually get to know them as a, as people. You never get to know the process, what they, what makes them, and that what's what makes their work. So I think a lot of these times, uh, it, it's lovely for me to actually speak to people that I've been admired or I, that I've admired for a long, long time. So what I want to do is I want to introduce you to Emile Raphael, who has been working with a number of amazing brands uh, and also. Uh, artists. He's done Beats. He's worked for Audi, Mr. Porter. He worked, uh, did an MO um, video, which I absolutely love. So I'm really excited to discuss with him the way that he sees artistry, the way that he sees himself and the way that he operates within himself. Because I know that he's not just a one trip pony. He has many facets to himself. He does uh, film and he also does painting and he's also an artist. So it'd been really lovely to actually chat with him and discuss all the things of what actually is an artist. So, hello, Hamil. How are you doing? Hey, Jamie. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for such a lovely introduction. No and, ways. Uh, yeah, I'm blushing here. They're, they're always, um, they're always very long winded, yeah. and I'm because I because I want to I want to I want to introduce you as as this epic thing because I'm like you are epic, so I want to I want to give you the epic uh, introduction. Uh, thank you. I mean, yeah, it's very nice to you. Sounds uh, sounds quite dramatic. Your morning. I mean, but I'm glad we we you know you made it happen. Man, this and... morning has just been. I just didn't know. I was like, I don't know if this podcast podcast is going to happen. Am I going to have electricity? Like, it's just. It looks like a massive typhoon is outside my house. It's in. It's incredible because I'm also right by the sea, so the waves yeah. are going as well. The the wind, the rain. It's just. It's just a bit abysmal outside it's not very nice and also i've just come back from italy so b and you were saying you've just come back from prague and so the the weather has been absolutely amazing in italy so when you come back to like a rainy england you're a bit like oh dear can't take me away again yeah 
But I mean, I don't know. It sounds it doesn't. I mean, just from my. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's different for you. But when you describe being in Devon and seeing this storm outside of your house, it sounds quite nice as well. In a way, I don't know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can I think cozy inside. I mean, if you were like by like a beach house and you had like a cup of tea or coffee and you were seeing like the waves crash against the rocks and stuff and the, and that, yeah. I think yeah. But if you're in like a, just your your little like village house or townhouse, whatever it is, and just like seeing the rain, you're like, I wish I could go outside and go to town or do, I don't know, go for a walk. I mean, we have so many nature parks by me, so it's quite annoying that you just can't. I can't even go for a walk or a run when it's like this horrible rain. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully the weather will improve. I'm kind of, I actually, I'm trying my best. Um, I was actually reading this, this Tom Robbins book and um, he was describing like how he meets these, like the character story meets these like kind of these um, people that don't seem to be affected by any weather, like just how at ease they are in the rain and different seasons. And I was just thinking like, wow, it'd be so nice to, I mean, I get affected by it as well, and I get annoyed by rain. But it, but sometimes I, I try to practice, like, well, this is just the weather. This is just today, you know, and, like, tomorrow will be different weather, hopefully, you know. And, yeah, just to kind of enjoy each one of them yeah, somehow. I, I, but I, it's hard to do. It's, it's hard because, like you, I, I'm really affected by weather. I think it's like SAD, what it's, what, uh, I think it's what it's called, and it's just a bit like yeah. I literally live in the sun and i'm so blessed and grateful for life i'm like sun yes but also like in england you can never tell what the weather's gonna be like so one day you're like sunny and the next day it can be raining and some days the the weather changes four times a day and that's when it all yeah. like goes mental and you're like i don't know what to do with my my life i don't know what to do yeah you don't know how to dress that, that's uh, i never know how to dress <laughs> i'm that i'm that type of person that i literally will just dress how i want to dress but never check the weather and then I put myself yeah. in that situation and I go outside and I'm like, oh my God, it's so boiling. Why am I in a wool, wool um, jumper? Or I just, yeah, I'm just terrible for that sort of thing. I just need to check the weather forecast a bit more before I change, uh, before I decide my outfits. Yeah, well, I mean, but there's something nice as well. It's the same way, like you're not affected by it. You know, you just kind of, you're just being you, whatever happens around you in a way. Trying to live my, trying, trying to live my best life, basically. Yes. So, yeah. Also, so we would ch every time I do these sort of things, we chat beforehand for like 10 minutes and I'm like, oh my God, this should be on the podcast. Anyway, so what I want to know is, um, I so you grew so you grew up in Prague, but you're, you said you were not from Prague, you're from Russia, or you, you're born in Russia. So tell me how the kind of creative uh, arts came into your, to your space. Um, well, to be honest, they... They came so, somewhat late. Um, I mean, I was, yeah, as you said, like, I was born in Russia and it was, you know, like growing up there in the 90s, basically right after the communists fell, you know, so it's kind of a very, you know, in a way, like it almost feels like a previous life to me because it's just so far away and the it was so different. And, you know, and, and the country was kind of like transitioning from just like total communism to you know to sort of like more capitalist and free uh, at that time at least and um you know and 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 i think there was a lot of anxiety just in general like it's what's going to happen so i think like arts wasn't on anyone's mind you know like as any sort of even 
type of career that I like in I kind of didn't grow up much with arts and and then I moved to Prague uh, with my mom and I think like it's kind of slowly started expanding although there's still this kind of sense that because basically I think because the Russia became such a wild west after kind of the communists fell communists fell apart um it was all about business you know and like that was i think like for my parents that was just the only way to survive basically because otherwise you're going to be you know like working in a factory somewhere that's probably going to close down anyway and so um yeah i think for them it just was really like kind of they 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 just were like kind of pushing me into something that's kind of i don't know based something to do with, with with money i guess and um but then i think i think like when i was already kind of towards the end of my high school in prague i already started like making little films and started kind of drawing and and um making music and stuff i don't know like there was something within me that definitely just felt like um sort of a need to express and kind of a need to do something and i think that's when like the interest in film like really became quite strong um and that's when i decided that i think i will kind of go do- down that path and kind of you know and, and then that's actually that's when i moved to london to go to um london film school and actually originally wanted to be a cinematographer um but then uh but then i couldn't handle directors <laughs> so mm. I thought, directors can I'll directors try. can be quite difficult people they are yeah yeah and, you know it's a, it is it is a first of all it's a difficult kind of job because you are almost like everything is in a way on your shoulders but and you kind of have i mean you don't have to be difficult and i think that's what's really hard to actually learn over the years to actually let other people work with you but because you kind of you're the only person that kind of holds the whole thing in your head in a way and everybody's cons- like concerned about their little or like their departments you know um but yeah i remember just i remember just like for example like even in film school just understand it like even there thinking like you know the story and, and casting are just so important like why why is this director talking to me about cinematography for you know for for the last eight hours i was just like go go and uh, go and work on your script i'll i'll, I'll do it nicely don't worry you know mm-hmm. so so I already thought like I, I was already kind of like uh, you know on their ter- territory a bit. So yeah, I decided to. Did you did you ever myself, did you ever did you ever did you ever witness uh, difficult directors and gone actually that's not how I want to work? Because I remember years ago I I, I used to uh, work for this company and I remember seeing this horrible horrible director and just would treat people so nastily. And I remember that going, I never want to be like that. Did you ever have a situation like that with someone that you, or you heard something from a situation and you're going, that's not how you should treat people? I mean, there's, there's obviously like in, you know, in our in- industry, there are many stories like that and many stories about directors. Because actually, I think, um, not just directors, but, you know, like a lot of people in position of power um, that kind of, and and definitely, I mean, I think like through my years, like it kind of developed further and further just how much, because I guess like what's strange about our, our job is like, it's so kind of intense for a short period of time. And, and then it doesn't feel 
I, especially for you know like when when you come in in and out of project it doesn't actually feel like a job like everyday job you know so mm-hmm. uh but in the same way it's still a job for a lot of people and you know they should be having fun in a way you know like they should be like you know they they their work environment should be a nice place and and it always goes from top down and i think what's what's difficult is that as a director actually there's so much pressure i mean we were talking about this a bit earlier just how i think what's kind of difficult about filmmaking is that you kind of always waiting for someone to give you permission or give you money to do something mm. and then once you get that you yourself become quite like you know you put a lot of pressure on yourself and then you can very easily very quickly like put it down and i think when i was younger um my first few jobs i was a bit you know just kind of just having the just only thinking about the end result you know and and, and this is actually with everything i do now i'm much more of a try to enjoy the process but i want others to enjoy it as well and yeah but but i think i think it's just i think it comes down to actually as a director it's very very easy to be very difficult you know it's it's because you're kind of the decision maker and um and it's actually much harder to get great results and still be for everyone to say oh that i really enjoyed working on that he was such a great guy because it's like you you kind of have to keep this like really strict control but then also you have to allow people to contribute and and stir the whole thing yeah yeah it's well, it's, uh... it's it it goes back to the simple thing of like is it just life should be fun like if you're doing something shouldn't you just be enjoying what you're doing rather than just going i'm gonna like what you're saying like i'm only i'm only interested in the end result for instance like if you're young and you're hungry and you're like i want to be top a-list director for instance but actually, if you're not enjoying how you get there from when you're 21 to, let's say, 35 or 40, what's the point of doing it? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and I mean, first, it's very easy to think that way because um, because it, there's so many, obviously, it's a very competitive place and there's a lot of people, amazing people doing that. You know, like we live in London, like among like, the best of the best right mm-hmm. but as you say you very quickly learn that actually if you don't enjoy it then your life life is a short trip unfortunately and if you don't enjoy it then then what's the point because then you just make yourself miserable you make everyone else around you miserable that's, and that, uh, and that's why you should just get out get out get out of it if you're not enjoying it it's gonna it's gonna feed off to everyone around you and you're just like just worrying about and also you're just not going to treat people nicely because you're only literally just worried about your own vision your own goal you're not worried about anyone else's like emotional um emotional journey in the process of what you're creating yeah absolutely and i think like you know especially with this lockdown you know um having a little break from it and then just having done a job like um yeah, but I mean, I, I think I realized this before, but especially now it's very cute. Like one thing you realize is actually, you know, once sometimes you step back and you're like, wow, what we're doing is like so amazing and so fun. And this is the reason I actually got into it because even just like working with people so intensely and meeting so many interesting people and kind of spending this time together where you like meet someone on the first day of shoot, but at the end of the day, 
uh, on the day like four, you're actually like already best friends just because you spend 14 hours together in a very close proximity. And yeah, and I'm just I really enjoy this aspect now. I just really enjoy kind of uh, being with people and yeah and there is pressure but in a way like but then you realize we're all in this together you know and and yeah i think you know it's one of these things once you get older you kind of understand but even just generally day to day you just never know when what someone someone is going through you know like you Mm. the more we talk about you know mental health and the more open i feel like we become as a society um the more you realize just you know, you just have to be kind, as, you know, yeah. as best, like, you know, to everyone and, and, and just realize that you have no idea what's going on when, when they get home. You know? Exactly. So, but yeah. it's, it's also mental yeah. that going back to your point of like, we come together for 14 hours on one day or you're doing a five day project or whatever. And you become so attached to people because you're spending so much time. And it's, it's amazing that we get at, within the art sector, we get paid to do this we get paid to make art and i think what people reflected on uh from corona is that the government sometimes will will look at the arts and not rate it as as highly as like a lawyer or an accountant but actually it's such a massive role within society and we get paid to do it yeah and and yeah oh my god like it's just so so incredibly valuable because actually at least for me you know art is actually what gets me through you know the days sometimes you know just because you know that there's people that are you know any type of art like there's people that kind of feel the same and go through the same things and um yeah and i just can't believe that we like in garment wouldn't value because like actually and i think with the corona like I mean, the whole, I feel like the whole fabric of society, I mean, I don't want to sound too uh, gloomy here, but I think the whole fabric of society is kind of breaking apart, apart a little, especially this year. I feel mm. like it's just a very, such a dramatic year for, for so many things. And and it kind of shows us that actually, you know, we live in this completely unsustainable, weird times and yeah, we don't really need more people to be making more millions of money. We need more people to kind of, you know, show us what they, you know, like make more art, you know, and kind of help each other and mm-hmm. and, and kind of, uh, you know, be more, everybody should be more expressive anyway and kind of, um, yeah, I feel like there should be absolutely like support for art because it, it kind of, it's, it's, it helps everyone really. Yeah, and and um, and you, because you also paint as well. Do you ever? Does your film work and your paint work ever collide and and collaborate as well when you're pitching for ideas and and that sort of thing? Sometimes, I, you know, not so much. But in terms of, you know, I I do. There's a few ideas that I have that haven't been realized yet. But yeah, I do like the whole like, you know, with, with my painting work kind of. I think a lot about just um, the feeling it gives you, you know, like mm. the it's kind of or the feeling it it leaves you with, and and for example, you know, with with a lot of my paintings, I like I kind of leave out the face, and I feel like you know, at least with me, it gives me this reaction because I feel like my brain is kind of a little bit confused and trying to like make out the face, you know, and I, I feel the same with film. I want to try something that's in the same kind of vein where like I, there's maybe something 
to do with kind of giving you a feeling and, and, and making your brain, I don't know, this is quite complicated. I'm not sure I have it like fully formed in my mind, but something that's, that something is missing, right? Mm. And that gives you like, it kind of forces you to your brain to almost like fill in the gaps, you know, visually, you know, it's almost like it's a little kind of like a trick, you know? And mm. um, yeah, but I, it, it's funny. I think like we were talking about this earlier as, you know, film. Um, and as I said, it's kind of, you are, you know, like Tarkovsky said, it's like a, it's a sad form of art because it relies on money, you know, and, and, and you are waiting for this thing. And then a lot of times there's a, you're responding to a brief and with painting, I can just start it. And, and in that way, it's very, very separate mm -hmm. and kind of much more tactile as well. And yeah, yeah. I think, I think going off the back of what you're saying about, uh, the faceless, uh, people that you paint and that kind of void of, of an identity were you saying or something or I, it's it it's fascinating when you look at society at the moment and how we're so detached from our inner selves more than what we were back in the 90s or 80s i, I believe one could be because of um capitalism could be because of social media could be because of uh people are more career focused and less about family um, it could be many, many, many reasons, but it's interesting how you paint that and you paint the kind of faceless people. And it kind of reminds me of that kind of um, void that most people are trying to fill, whether it is re recreational drugs, um, uh, materialistic things, um, trying to get, get into new communities and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely... You're right. There's definitely a void that we can all feel, I think, you know, within ourselves and people around us. And, uh, yeah, as you say, like, there's, there's a lot of things that are, that are there, you know, even just your phone, you know, it's just like, it's, it's like a continuous, um, kind of dopamine machine that kind of gives you a little boost of feeling that, but it doesn't. And, you know? and, so, and um, soon we'll get the 5G and then there will be madness. I know. Yeah, I know. We, that's why we need to slow down. In a way, like, I think, you know, even though I said, like, I feel like the whole thing is tearing apart, I feel like it's it's actually a good, will be a good thing in the end. I feel like we just need to sort of uh, slightly re remake what we've created, really, just to kind of, because I, th I think it's showing a lot of things that we just blindly kept going through, and and, and and now we really have to kind of it was it's, it's a good thing that we stopped and just looked at it and you know we have so many things that are happening um but yeah i think i think with the yeah with the with the faceless people it's just kind of uh, yeah i guess i guess it's kind of the same you know for me it's it's almost like I, it's like portraying an emotion of a person as well because you kind of when when you when you meet someone or you know someone there's like this kind of there's the the, the inner world of them you know that's kind of really hard to express in a painting and that's why i try but but as you but the speaking of this void i feel like i think what i'm learning recently or what i'm thinking about is like the true happiness is really within us you know it's it's not even like there's, there's the very few external factors that will 
make help, you happy. Yeah, I really. think, and and this is why the podcast came about was the whole, was the whole idea is that you have to start from yourself as a three sixty, really get to know yourself from your weaknesses to your strengths to what triggers you from anxiety, what your what you what you love, what you don't love, all these sort of things. You start from yourself before you can even even attempt to go outside to then share your love and share wisdom and uh, and 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 being inspired by what's around you all ha- starts from 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 within and and this is why we have the podcast is to to uh, to question go how do you 360 yourself do you do you really know yourself that that's the question yeah and that's the thing i think many of us don't because we are kind of lost in this um fog social media <laughs> fog of like information and we kind of be we're being told like the reason you're not happy is because you don't have this, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, the thing is, and, 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 you know, these are such obvious things, but, you know, like you are really, and this, but something that will take you for me, at least took a long time to realize is that you, you are really literally responsible for your own happiness. Like no one else is. Ha- yeah. Happiness but is a then, choice. Yeah. Go ahead. So, okay. No, you, I was just saying happiness is a choice. You are, you are entirely responsible for your own happiness. Yes, absolutely. And like, I mean, and then you can like, and then you basically, once you are, you know, very content with yourself, then you can basically kind of uh, start kind of, you know, other people become like complementary to it rather than you waiting for other people, not even people, but everything else around you to be like, make me happy, you know, like do this. And, and, uh, and, I, and, and, you know, and I'm saying all this actually and realizing it's so easy to say and I'm not always and I can't say, you know, I, you know, have it all figured out. You know, I just uh, I, I, I think it's just talking about this kind of thing that we do that a lot of people do to try and, um, yeah, fill that void externally so much, you know. Um, yeah, it's because it, cause it, it, without actually put pinpointing a lot of people know that they're missing something that they can't they can't put a pin on it in terms of what they're emotionally missing but then they go and they going to a party and they get that kind of buzz and they think that kind of fills that little void because they can't really put a pin on it of what they're actually feeling but if they probably like sat that sat for like i don't know half an hour an hour or had tools of like writing or whatever they could maybe like analyze potentially what they emotionally are feeling and kind of address that issue rather than trying to go yeah. i know what would do i'm going to go out and i'm going to have a drink at a pub and then that will like give them that sort of high or buzz that they that they crave that's why people go to drugs people go to that drugs for that instant high yeah yeah i think if you like if you just write down your thoughts for 20 minutes a day that's like that will you know, we'll we'll take the twenty minutes away from your day, but then that that will like you know, and it will take longer for you to realize things. But even that, I think, just I, that helped me a lot. For example, in the past, and um, yeah, just kind of not constantly chase this uh, buzz. But I feel like the, you know, yeah, which is what screens do as well. And I'm actually trying my best to like. I'm trying my best to go analog as much as I can these days. It's my thing. Oh, really? How 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 are you making that change? 
Um, well, it's not easy, obviously. I mean, I, I say all these things, and I'm like, this is like, this is what I'm just my own path, and I, I don't really practice like 100% what I say. But, but I think, for example, I don't know it's actually one thing I realized recently, and it's quite an amazing thing is that the computers that we use, right? And, and, and that's what's really actually what I find quite frustrating these days, for example, with directing. Um, like, I don't know, like 95% of your work is done on a computer based, like answering emails yeah. and making these really important choices. And, and then you get to set and okay, you get like these two or three days or something or one day. And that's the only time that you're actually like directing in a way, but by then you made so many ch choices on emails mm -hmm. that in a way that when you get to set, you're ready kind of created the whole thing there's not that much you can do you can just adjust things but but then i think my realization was is just thinking about like history of a, a personal computer is that you know the the whole thing was made uh by ibm you know for clerical use so you know and the code is pretty much to still stay the same so for example you're still dealing with like files and folders and uh paper trails in a way and all the software is actually based around that print those principles right so they're very almost like unintuitive even like the way the keyboard is laid out you know is is made from a typewriter so like the the, the, the keys don't overlap and so in a way like you know i look at this thing and, and you're like this is like the least creative tool we have actually you know even though we use it now for so much of our creativity and mm -hmm. um and just the light of the screen into your eyes the whole time. So, you know, for, like, for example, obviously, like, painting is analog, so I try to do as much as I can of that. But even, like, when I, I recently started, like, in the lockdown, started doing some music. And um, and people say, you know, there's a lot of people say, like, well, you don't need to buy, like, synthesizers or, like, analog drum machines. Um, like, all of it is uh, in, in, in one software on your laptop. But, like, but no, like, I, I want to actually spend a bit more money and then actually you know like get off screen as much as i can doing mm -hmm. doing you know and even like with meetings i sometimes i just go with it with a with a notepad you know and you know and it's it's almost unavoidable these days but i think it's just i think that's one thing that makes people unhappy as well probably you know just staring at something all day like in an office nobody's really looking at each other they're just looking at a screen yeah, and it's even worse yeah. now because obviously everyone's so. I mean, Zoom must be making poo loads, poo loads of money now because everyone's just using Zoom. I mean, what happened to the day, what happened to the days of Skype? I remember using Skype, and yeah. no, no one even uses it anymore. No, no, it's a, it's a relic. Yeah, and Zoom is like, and it's funny. Like I, I started using Zoom uh, for like actually, yeah, you know, like with with directing, you kind of. Uh, you have this initial conference call and with the agency um, and it was always on the phone and I remember thinking well actually you know what I'd like to see the people you know because a lot of times you kind of like you say stuff you ask questions and then there's like a little pause and you can't like gauge any kind of facial mm. uh, reaction you know it's a bit like my painting maybe they're, maybe they're all about like having conference calls with no video. But I remember like I started actually using Zoom even before Karam just being like, hey guys, I just realized there's this like software and like it's actually pretty good. Like let's all just get on a video call, you know? And I remember like people were being a bit resistant, like saying, yeah, what's wrong with like us just having a dial-in number? And I was like, no, but it's, it's nice. Like I can, 
I can see people's faces and I can see if my jokes are landing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or not landing. <laughs> no, it's true yeah. though, because I think the more, like, when, in, if you do like a phone conversation, you really have to work harder to kind of picture what they're facially saying with their words, what they're physically, what they might be doing in the body language. You're working even harder than just having a video call. Yeah, yeah. But I hope, I, I do hope after this, we can all go back to actually meeting personally in rooms. Yeah, because it's just so... Because uh, I, yeah. I, I only had one meeting physically uh, about two and a half weeks ago. And right. that was wow. that was epic. That was epic. Yeah. That was my that's my only meeting that I've had all pretty much all year since February. Which yeah. I which was a bit yeah, weird. Yeah, it's so strange and you do need that 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 human contact, you know. I think that's what we basically that's how we, you know, yeah, that's how we yeah. became who, And we, and we, 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 are, we just... had we had this massive table and I sat opposite ends and I had to shout over to the person. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those situations. Uh, obviously they had a mask and I had a mask so you couldn't re- it was all muffled as well, so you had to shout even uh, even louder because of the muffles just yeah just a, a, a totally new experience yeah yeah and i mean like you know with masks you like yeah it's just so hard to even smile at people like i i, I noticed myself smiling at people and then i, I realized i'm wearing a mask you know just well like, because if you've like got you because you, you've got to look at the eyes though that's the thing when you when you smile your eyes light up so you have to look at the eyes that's the trick yeah no i think i do but yeah it's still yeah very strange times um but hope your meeting was uh, a success in any case it was very successful but it was just a very odd experience and i and i i did i did enjoy it as much as like when you go on a project or go on set or whatever it's such a and and because you because you haven't had it for a long time and and you said when you went back to shooting you had a different experience you had more of a, like a lovable oh my god we are all together creating something this is such amazing because you've had such a break from it and i think yeah, uh, like brilliant actors, they do all the time. I think it's um, what's that actor from There Will Be Blood? What's his name? Dan Day Lewis. He's really, Lewis, he's yeah. really, re- really selective of what he creates and what he picks, and I think that's quite nice because actually becomes, he becomes so immersed in the in the character when he goes on set, it, it becomes like a new a new experience for him. But I think if you're just banging them out like these kind of commercial, massive like. Um, Disney and all that sort of thing. I don't know where, wherever the massive corporate companies are. It must be a different, a totally different experience to actually just having a moment to sort of miss it. It's like a relationship. I think if you if you see the person too much, you can't miss them. So then it's not the same yeah. feeling. So it's it's sometimes really good not to see them for a bit because then it brings back the emotional of why you like the person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's kind of yeah, distance is. Um is a good thing sometimes in relationships it's very much true because you kind of when you do spend um time with a person like every single day you know with, with your parents or you know with, with your with you know with your partner and um you kind of like don't see them anymore you know it can really happen like a lot of times and you know spending a little time apart from each other like just reminds you of who you are as a person as well mm. and they are and yeah, and I think it's kind of yeah, it's interesting that there's a uh, they always become like a mirror to yourself because they know you so well, so you can only see yourself in them. <laughs> yeah, I'm at because how how did, how, seven together. Cause how did you find it? Because you uh, uh, you've got a partner, um, and yeah. you, uh, and and how was your lockdown? 
Well, you know, it wasn't, yeah. I mean, also, I also have a daughter. So we were kind of like, we were all in the, yeah, in our flat together. And yeah, I think there was a point where we all kind of definitely had cabin fever, you know, and we were all kind of just needing some space as much as we love each other. And, uh, and yeah, I remember like, I almost said like, well, we need to establish some prison rules here soon because, you know, you also kind of lose a sense of who is in charge and <laughs> like what decisions need to be made and stuff. Um, but I don't know, I think, I think at the same time, and I think like that's very common, obviously for a lot of people, at the same time, I think the first at least two and a half months, I actually did enjoy. Like, you know, I, you know, and, and I, I'm just so lucky just being in a position where I can just, you know, paint or do things, you know, and I, I actually started taking out my music equipment and stuff. And, you know, in a way for me, and because as a director, you do get breaks from work and you sometimes waiting for work in a way like those first two months weren't actually that, that different, you know, mm-hmm. except that we were all in the house and I couldn't go to my studio, you know, and, uh, and I love my studio. That's my, yeah, that's my sanctuary. <laughs> and I was missing that a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, how about you? What were you, what, how was your lockdown? Mine was really reflective. I, I, a lot of people, it went two ways. They were really productive and they did things that they normally wouldn't do in their normal time. Or the other people that just was like, you know, I'm going to really take advantage of this moment and just rest and watch Netflix and stuff. And I went the opposite. I went to the way of just when I was like, I'm going to do two online courses. I ran five days a week. I was painting. I was doing photography. I was doing a lot of this podcast stuff. I was so productive for the three months. I didn't. I I had hardly any time in my to actually just relax because I was like, filled my my calendar up. I was making sure that I had structure. So Monday to Friday was my time to do stuff, and then the Saturday Sunday I would go out and do run like beach, or I'd go to I don't know the moors, or I'd, I'd fill my time with nature. So I kind of enjoyed it. But then I said to you, like, by July, I was a bit like, well, I'm really, really now ready to get back to work now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember there, there was a certain point where definitely the novelty has worn off. Mm-hmm. You, at first mm-hmm. I thought, like, oh, which is actually an interesting experience. And there was a point where you couldn't see the end of it and you and it was starting to really play. And actually I have this really good friend and we would chat, like, um every other day or something just to kind of keep contact uh you know with someone outside of your household as well and mm-hmm. and i remember just like both of us just sharing this it, it's it did you know in very subtle ways it did affect you mentally as well and kind of started like playing on your mind i think mm-hmm. for many people and yeah um but i don't know i mean yeah as i say it's kind of i feel yeah, as, as a reflection time, it was quite good as well. I think a lot of us definitely found out a lot about each other in a way, you know. Yeah, and, and also, and, and just and and for a good thing. But and yeah. also, the person you want to become—that's that's. that's a, I think even when in a, in childhood, when you're in when you're in education, they always say, "What do you want to do?" But they never say, "What who do you want to become?" And I think that was yeah. the, that was the main question. I think because I I in an article, someone someone did a uh, did a, a wrote about me. Uh, about my experience of a lockdown and and, uh, uh, and moving through the arts and the digital space, uh, we talked about identity 
And I say that a lot of people um, lost their identity in terms of their professional identity. And so then that yeah. some, some people latch onto their professional identity as that, as that's the persona that they are rather than they are just human and they happen to do this, this profession. And it, 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 for me, it was like, when you lose that, you then have to focus on yourself as a person, not Jamie Neal, the creative or, or Emil, the director, the painter. It's actually just, you're just Emil. And I think the idea of like, who do you want to become rather than what you want to become is probably more of a question that people are asking themselves now in a time where they're, they're finding themselves or refining themselves in a new professional role or within life and people's priorities are very different. Yeah, and I think especially like being in a place like London, you know, where so much pressure is being put on, you know, work and and kind of it's very almost like very valued, you know, and and I think it was I mean, obviously, there was a lot of people, you know, that obviously found it extremely hard, you know, there was like so many people that were in really dire situations. But I think a lot of us as well, that work a lot, you know, also found that, yeah, actually, um, if you're not working, like, it doesn't mean that, yeah, you kind of, yeah, break down as a person, you know, you kind of, and the world doesn't really end that, that soon in a way, you know, it's kind of like, I feel, I feel like at least for me, uh, but maybe for my wife as well, it's just almost like, right, actually, you know what, like, you don't have to be working all the time uh, to, to uh, justify your existence, you yeah. know, and, um, and again, I mean, I mean, I'm in a very lucky position, but I think a lot of people that actually stopped working, they were like going to the office every single day, you know, and doing stuff and something like they stop and they're at home and they're like, what, what can I do? M make bread. Uh, you know, make a yeah, suddenly... banana bread, sourdough bread, all that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, so they realize actually, you know what? Like, um, I, it's great. Like, you know, I'm I'm a real person. Like, I you know, and and uh, I think it was really healing for a lot of people. I mean, obviously, extremely hard for a lot of other people. And mm -hmm. yeah, just um, I'm I do, I'm I'm yeah, all, I'm, think... I'm also enjoy just cooking at home. I love it. I really do. I don't miss going out for dinners. Honestly, don't. Yeah, me neither. Actually, I was thinking about that yesterday. I went uh, to my first uh, dinner slash pub, um, like social distanced. You know, like wait at the door and then like uh, track and trace thing. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I was thinking, yeah, I don't. I, do I really miss this? I mean, I, I missed. Uh, it was really nice to see my friend. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like I don't know. Um, you can over socialize as well, I guess. You I know? think so as well. Um, I think so. Yeah, with with going out and yeah, um, I think so. And so so and just to finalize, like from your experience post lockdown and your interests might have changed, and you're focusing on other things in life, maybe now. And reflecting a lot more and looking at like what is it to become an artist and how you're um, operating within your space when you're not working and you are not waiting for that kind of budget to come through and you're just creating ideas for painting what would be your say that your that you kind of quote or like a phrase that you would kind of go to when you're in those times of like success or those times of kind of doubt 
or just in or just the way that you kind of live life um well actually i have like two like kind of favorite quotes now um just in terms of art i think like this all comes back to us talking about the enjoyment of it i think that's became just my main thing is just how much i enjoy the actual tinkering and creating things and and it's actually all comes i think my favorite thing i've ever done is my frank geary documentary like a little documentary with him and and I mean, that was like, I think that was a quite transformative experience because I mean, he was at the time that was like three, three years ago. Now he was 88 and he was still making stuff, you know, he was still getting calls and designing buildings. And yeah, and I, that was like my favorite interview I've done as well. And yeah. And then he said, basically like making art is, uh, is an act of love. You know, he said it's, it's, it's making love to the world mm. and that's like, yeah that's one of these things like yes absolutely you know that's that's and that's how it feels you know you kind of when you when you make it you just feel like you know you and i think any artist just contributes so much to the world and and i think yeah that just being there and and making something that didn't exist it's just you know valuable without any recognition although like although i do you know i do think people should put it out and like you know show it to everyone and and i feel like there should be like this kind of drive to also yeah share it as well and um but i think personally like personally i love the quote um it's like uh it's like an old buddhist saying how it's just the purpose of life is um to help others through it you know Mm. um i think that's that's just so beautiful and i think like if everyone lived by it you know we would just be so much happier and (laughs) live in such better world where you kind of it's not about you you're just there to yeah to you you know we will realize that life is is a struggle you know and there's there's amazing things and there's very hard things as well but if we just all kind of there for each other then and it's so so easy right but i have uh, and i have this quote on my on my desk and actually you know again it's like easy to say but then obviously i get like a a really annoying email and then i do have to take a breath and then look at it and be like okay well listen (laughs) uh we misunderstand each other but this is how i think we should do it and stuff so yeah it's uh it's a constant reminder to yourself to do these both things like just to enjoy the process but also be be nice to people yeah that's what you can do though yeah. i think that's what you, just be a human just be nice and just serve others do you know what i mean don't serve yourself serve others yeah that's how it. about you have you been asked on this uh on this podcast what your 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 favorite one is yeah uh, my favorite one is um uh happiness is a choice that's probably my favorite and i and i have that written on my uh wall every time i wake up just to remind myself that um I have a couple. I I have go with the flow. That's and I've got that tattooed on my hand. And everyone who knows me knows me for this tattoo because I always just go with That's the flow. That's good. Yeah. And my third one is boring people make boring work. Right. I love that. I think yeah. it's, I think you have to be interesting <laughs> as a person to make interesting work. And I always think like when I see something that's really visually stunning, and it really like mind blowingly like creative, I'm just like oh, I just, just want to meet the person. I want to meet the person whose who's, who's mind this has come out of. Yeah. 
No, and it's true. I mean, you need to. I think you need to embrace your weirdness, you know, mm. and because everyone is, you know, we just have. We also kind of grew up in a place where, like, being normal is kind of celebrated a bit too much, and kind of like conforming to the society and to the norms. And you know, I'm sure there's some people that I, they think I'm a bit strange, and but you just embrace that, and that's how you yeah you just a waste of person you are you know if, if, if you are trying to be like someone else mm, right and uh, i agree i think that's part of it right like you just need to like embrace your 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 weirdness that's it yeah, embrace your quirkisms embrace your weirdness well i want to yeah. say thank you very much for your time it's been absolutely a pleasure to chat with you and i know that we've had some very stimulating subjects that have popped up and i hope yeah and i know i know yeah, people I really will love it, it. Well, I'm glad Thank you enjoyed you so much, it. Neil. I mean, yeah. you, it, it's uh, like I feel like I learned a lot of things already. Good. Right? Well, just in this past hour. <laughs> this is what is what I was saying. Like, enjoy the process. Enjoy what you do. Because if not, what what are you doing it for? Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you very much for your time. All right, buddy. Thank you so much as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, speak soon. This is three sixty yourself, and I'm Jamie Neal. Thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes. They are released every Sunday at 12pm. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcasts and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360 and our host at Jamie Neal JN. Thank you for listening.